Okay, we're on. Um, as I was sitting this morning and thinking about the seven deadly sins, of course, being uh, geeky, I thought, I wonder if they like match the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're uh, about to uh, launch into again today. And there's my take on it. Now, some, some are obvious, some are teaching and, and gluttony. I'm not quite sure what that is, but don't, don't apply that to me this morning, okay? Just however you, you think about that, <coughs> especially after Susan made an amazing vegan meal last night. Um, so uh, in this class, we um, are looking at, and there's several verses that we've used, but I just pick one says, God causes all things to work together with good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And we, come on, come on, there's room right up front, right up here. Where is your hubby? I don't know, he's with my parents. Oh, oh no, we've got to stop class and go Turn after him. <laughs> You're good. Um, <clears throat> and are called according to his purpose. And so you go, okay, so the conditions of that scripture are we love him, we go, yeah, and called according to his purpose, and you go, huh, you know, how, hmm. So if I'm doing things that aren't his purpose for me, why would he cause that to go really well when he knows I have a higher purpose? It's like, he's not being mean, he's just like any dad trying to steer me into something that, you know, is probably would work better for me. <clears throat> and so we ask, and, and there's other verses like Ephesians 2.10 says, um, um, we, are call, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared for us to walk in. And so we are, our purpose is to do those things that Jesus has called us to do. How do we know what those are? It's like, Hello, is this one of those? That, you know, it's, how do we know what those are? And so <coughs> one of the things that I've learned through hard experience, I guess, is a direct path to stumbling into God's purpose, finding God's purpose, is to walk in the direction of your spiritual gifting, whatever that looks like, whatever that means to you. And so if you understand your gifting better, then you start looking at things that use that gifting, that call to that gifting, that, that sort of stimulates you in a way, because that gifting is something that's inside of you. It's, it's a function of who you are. Then we'll end up coming into those purposes far easier than if we just throw darts or, or even if we, we take personality tests and things like that, because while those things may coincide, they're, they're not necessarily the same thing. And also understanding the structure of the spirit world. And we talked a little bit about that. And we'll get right back to that right now. And so we were looking then at 1 Corinthians 12, <coughs> where Paul says to the, the uh, Corinthians, you know, like you guys are having these you know, crazy church services where everything's out of order and you're prophesying and there's no, you know, what are you saying? And you're talking over each other and there's tongues and it's misuse of a manifestation of the spirit. And, and, 
it's no wonder no one's getting anything out of this. <clears throat> you guys need to shape up. And he says, look. And so his answer to their falling short in their church services is to say to them, 1 Corinthians 12, is to say to them, I don't want you to be ignorant of pneumaticos. Pneuma, I think uh, Josh even mentioned this morning, alert, pneuma, breath. But pneumaticos is things of the spirit and not, not of the Holy Spirit, but things of the spirit world. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of things of the spirit world. And then he goes on to enumerate those things of the spirit world in four verses that are exact parallels with each other. <clears throat> and he says, there's varieties of charisma gifts, but one spirit. There is uh, ministries, but one Jesus. Energizings, energema, but one father. And there's uh, a distribution of, of manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but one Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so, and, and the word that he uses for, for varieties or, or whatever is this word right here, diiresis, which is a, we said earlier, how many, is this your first time here? Okay, yes, but you're, you're yeah, they'll tell you all about it. But, um, and so diiresis is, is, a, is a word invented or, or at least used by Plato tons which is a way to do an analysis of everything where you take everything, you go to the grocery store and you're gonna say, I'm gonna see how they do vegetables. And so you look at all the vegetables that are in there and you organize them into aisles so they make sense for the shopper. So stores do diiresis analysis, they just don't call it that, to, to organize grocery shell. But there's everything. A, a kid coming home with a Halloween haul typically ours did, dump it on the floor and start sorting it into stuff they might give their little brother and stuff no way they're going to, you know, they, they kind of look at everything <coughs> and do it. And Paul, uh, the word is used one other time in scripture and it's used by the father, the prodigal son and the older brother when it says he had to divide his estate. And it says he deirisist his estate, which means, you know what he did? I've got everything. One kid's leaving, I can't send cattle with him. So, but I gotta keep the estate going. How am I, I mean, it probably took him days to do the analysis that he needed to do. And Paul says about himself, I have done that thorough analysis about the four aspects of the spirit kingdom. I've done that analysis. And wonderfully in scripture, that analysis is provided in other places in scripture. You can actually read the analysis that he's done. And you look at it and you go, huh. Um, there are some things that we get wrong about this. For example, Paul is talking about four different things. Yet we as a church often look at those lists and say, well, there's this, 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 let's combine all the lists. But they're not the same thing. One of them is this, it's a who you are, it's your gifting, your function, the lens you see everything through, your motivation. This is, yeah, your function. This is your job. The, these are jobs, careers that Jesus gives you. Paul didn't start as an apostle. Apostle wasn't his gift. 
He became an apostle through faithfulness to the, to the call on his own gifting, which he said in Acts 20 was exhortation. He was gifted in exhortation. He became an apostle. Okay? And so we become different things in the body. And so all of the, all of the, the um, parables of Jesus, where if you're faithful in little, I'll give you much. You're faithful in money, I'll give you spiritual things the talents and the minus, all those parables make sense when you realize that Jesus, the head of the body, gives you a career in the body and 98% of you, that career will never be in church, but it will be in the body, out in the world, because people need to hear about Jesus, know about Jesus and connect with people who are gifted, who will never go to church until they also go, I wanna, can I come with you, right? But before that, they said, can I come with you on the walk in the park and you get talking? And so it, it's that sort of a thing. And Jesus then looks for faithfulness and promotes people. And those things are not called charisma gifts. Those things, and, and these five people aren't, that's not charisma gifts. Sometimes the words are the same, Te a teacher teaches, a prophet prophesies. But those are jobs, those are, those are ministries. Then the Father steps in, energizing. He causes things to work together for good. The, I, I worked, I planted Apollos water, but God caused the growth. When you start looking in the book of Acts and you start reading with an eye toward God, you go, whoa, he's like behind everything. That, that was, you know, I, I have a bunch of friends <coughs> who all talk about God winks. You know, it's like, that was him, wasn't it? That was God. I mean, you just go, the coincidence was way beyond coincidence. You know, you just kind of go, and, and you realize that God's up there, like any good dad, he doesn't want to step in and make you do stuff, but he wants to work behind the scenes to help the things that you're called to do, to encourage you, to make it possible. So for each of my kids at a certain point in their life, when they're responsible enough to own a home, we went, we looked for homes together and we talked about it and we talked about how they would finance it, what I could do to help. And, and they, each, they each got into a home and they love it. They, they help each other work on their homes. They paint each other's homes together. They, you know, and it's, it's just, and their homes have become like centers of family. We, we go over to dinner now. It was really free restaurants that I was investing in, not, not homes, but anyway. And then finally, with all those things working, then the last list, which is called by gifts of the Spirit by both cessationists and Pentecostals, but with totally different end result. Cessationists said, these have all died out. Pentecostals said, you better speak in tongues coming out of the baptismal or you're going back in, right? We're, we're gonna dunk you again. And so four different things, four different uses in life, this one is where we are today, and that's the one <coughs> which is about kind of the, the who I am. And we talked about that, but let me give a definition, first of all, of charisma gifts. So, 1 Corinthians 12 at the beginning, uh, uh, 12 after the list, Romans 12 at the beginning, they say that, number one, it's a lens that you see everything through. Um, we talked about a waiter um, in, in a restaurant dropping a bunch of fancy drinks on the floor 
and you're part of the wait staff, and if you, if you have serving gifts, if, if your gift is service, you're gonna go straight to the mess, because it's a mess. You, you know, you see it, and it's a mess, you gotta clean up the mess. But if your gift is giving, you're gonna go straight to the kitchen to get more drinks because the restaurant owes them drinks. We're late, you're gonna comp the drinks, right? That's important to you. But if your, your primary gift is one who shows mercy, you're gonna go straight to the waiter and say, are you okay? Everybody, don't be embarrassed, anybody go to the seat. And each of you is doing the thing you know is the most important thing that needs to be done. And, and the prophet's probably going, you know, I could have told you this was going to happen. You know? <laughs> and you give them a mop because you don't need them anymore. It's too late for that. And so in the same way, each of us live our lives looking through the lens of our gifting. And that lens provides focus for us on what's important and what needs doing. Um, it's also a motivation like we talked about the, the, that waiter example, each one is motivated. A teacher is always motivated about is, is something true or is it false? A prophet is always motivated by is it right or is it wrong? Like true, false with an attitude, okay? Um, an exhorter is always motivated about are they meeting their God-given purpose or are they not meeting it? And how can I help, right? A server is do you have what you need? Let's get her done. Um, one whose mercy is, is, is your heart joyful or sad? And, and how can I, not with words, but with actions, how can I, how can I bring, bring joy to you? A giver is, do you have the resources that you need? A leader is, is this thing organized or disorganized? Is it meeting the call of God on this organization or not? Right, and so everybody has this motivation behind them. It's also a function and it's also a body part. And so we don't switch body parts. That, that would be like a weird science fiction movie. So, so you are something and you're something for life. It, it is part of you. It, it, if you had to switch to a whole different gifting 20 years in, it'd be horrible because you are maturing in that gifting and like moving up in the company called the body of Christ. And if you had to start, you know, you were an engineer and now they, they wanna make you a file clerk, you just, I mean, it's like, good night. And so it's not that way. And so we go from glory to glory, scripture says. So all those scripture about, about us moving up and well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful and little, you're in charge of 10 cities, you know, and that sort of thing. Okay, so, so that's what they are. And, and then here is the list of them. I'm hurrying because um, you're gonna go gift shopping today around the, around the room. <clears throat> and so there's exactly our body has many parts with a different function, right? So there's Paul saying these gifts are parts, they're functions. And then here are the seven of them. And you might ask, um, so there are the seven. And you would ask this question, so is there only seven different kinds of people? I mean, seems like not enough. Um, and a real important key, and we're gonna talk about two keys now to, to get that seven. Number one is, remember diairesis di analysis, which is, we're gonna talk about the whole thing. If Paul did diairesis analysis, it looks like this, and we did it in class either last week or the week before. We said, okay, what kind of, uh, and we said serving and speaking, gifts are two categories, speaking and serving gifts. We said, um, what kind of speaking do people need? Well, they need teaching, right? they need information, 
if they go off, they need correction, right? And if they're discouraged, they need encouragement. And every kind of speaking other than dad jokes is, is like kind of one of those three, speaking that's helpful. Every kind, you, you can't, you can put, you know, this is a heading for a million kinds of speaking, but it's all encouragement and inspiration. This is a heading for a million kinds of speaking, but it's all, we call it prophecy, but it's really correction. It's whatever, okay? And you say, what kind of serving do people need? Well, they need physical help, they need emotional help, and they need financial help. And those are three broad, different categories. And you go, Paul, in the genius of Paul and the Holy Spirit, have said that, and then you need somebody to organize it all. And poof, those are the seven spiritual gifts. And so what Paul has done is he has covered every need in the body with a title, a spiritual gift title. And so are there more than seven spiritual gifts? The word charisma is used loosely, looser than a lot of people like it, because it, it, it can be your salvation is your spiritual gift. Celibacy, hospitality could be your spiritual gift. I, I'm like glad I didn't get either of those really. But, and so, but when Paul is doing his analysis, his diarysis analysis, he has said, these seven cover the ground. Now, Peter said something as well. He said, each one has received a gift, and he's again talking charisma, just like Paul is in Romans 12, employed and serving one another as good stewards, and there's a lot in there that we're not gonna cover, stewards, not owners, of the, and then he calls it the rainbow or the multicolored grace of God. And so you go, what did he mean by that? What, what, does, what does that imply? And you get the idea that these seven are like the, the I, I call them primary colors. My artist wife said, those are not the primary colors. Those are the, the basic colors of the rainbow. Don't call them primary colors. Artists will get mad at you. So these are the basic colors of the rainbow. So how many colors are there? A billion, right? I mean, there's, there's an infinite number of colors. How many basic colors are there? Well, thanks to uh, Isaac Newton, Roy G. Biv. Okay, so, so there's, there's seven. And, and a billion are, are, are under those seven. And Peter, who was way more than a fisherman, called them the multicolored grace of God. The charisma are the multicolored grace of God. So if we put all these facts together, an interesting little thing happens. So that gift circle incorporates every single thing that scripture says in one diagram. Seven titles to a billion options. There aren't any lines, really. We're just saying the colors right in here are prophecy. The colors in here are leading the colors in here are giving. At some point, your eye says it's, it's blue now, right? But you could disagree on exactly where blue starts and where it doesn't start. Um, so there are seven titles to a million options. They cover, another one, Paul said, it's, it's coverage of the whole body, 360 degree coverage. Every need in the body is covered, so a circle makes a lot of sense for 360 degree coverage. Um, each is a needed function or part of the body. You can't do without any of those. It'll be a big chunk out of your wheel if, if you 
don't have those. <coughs> like the rainbow colors, so that means there aren't any lines, but they merge and they run into each other. In other words, the leader, well, let's say the teacher, the teacher, as, as the teacher, their, their, their arc in the circle goes to this direction, their teaching begins to take on a prophetic sense to it. And they, they start to be a little more right and wrong-ish. If they go on this side, and this would be me, then my gifting is exhorting that spills into teaching. I, I have an arc that goes right there. So I, if I can't exhort, I'm not teaching. I mean, I can teach cool stuff, but if I'm, if I'm wanting to change lives, it's got to be freedom prayer. You know, it's, it's, I can't just teach fun stuff. I, the eschatological ramifications of Deuteronomy, no, you know, I can't do it. I just, I can't make myself do it, right? And so everybody then um, is, prim is primarily speaking or serving. So you're, you're probably over here, over here. Leading kind of is the mix of both. The leader can do both. And when they're ready, uh, they'll hand off stuff to, to keep leading, but they can, they can talk and they can serve. <clears throat> and so what this implies, since there aren't boundaries, um, I, was, I was talking to someone, I said, you know, what's your line? And he said, you don't have a line. He said, you have an arc. Everybody has an arc in the circle. You don't have a line in the circle. And so <clears throat> uh, your arc might be in giving. Your arc might be in exhorting. But... Um, your arc might be in serving and mercy. Um, my wife's arc is primarily giving, but she always serves in her giving. And so, and we didn't realize this, and she always thought, well, my gift is serving. And I said, are you sure? And, and she came back to me the next week and said, no, she says, I realize that the way I serve is by creating things of beauty for people. I can't just go scrub their floor, that, but I could repaint their floor. And if I need to scrub it to repaint it, I'll do it. See, because she wants to give gifts of, that are beautiful, that are, even, even in keeping kids, she creates events and, and activities for the kids that are things of beauty. I mean, that, her whole life, and I'm like, oh, that's why our house has hand-painted flowers on one wall and amazing colors that look like flame on another wall, because she's got to do that. That giving is, I'm like, thank God her gift is giving and not prophecy. I'd be in big trouble. And so, um, so each of you have an ark. Okay, so when you think about you're primarily speaking or primarily giving, you may have an arc that's on one side or the other, or it may spill over. Now, nobody has an arc that goes three, and as far as I can tell, nobody has an arc that goes this way. You can visit, well, let me say this. So the closer you get to the, the, closer you get to the edge, the more it starts to take on the flavor of the thing next to it. Okay, now, this has been tried out on about 300 people. A whole bunch of uh, Lipscomb kids did it this week. 70 Lipscomb kids did it. And I have crazy pictures of them going around the wall and, and then laughing with each other and talking and arms around each other. And, I mean, it was fun to watch them go, whoa, this is, so it's been, it's been tried out now on three large Lipscomb classes, uh, 
bunch of adults, and now you. Um, <coughs> so the thought is, is that I, I, have, I live someplace, but I can visit someplace. And the more mature as a Christian I am, I can visit almost anywhere. When the tornado hit Nashville, I was serving for two days. I mean, I was just down there doing stuff, but that, that, that's not where I would live, right? Well, I would live there in Nashville, but I wouldn't live in that serving thing because my, my gifting is in a speaking area. But all of us help. All of us are called to help, to serve, to do whatever. And so when you think about yourself, you can say, am I, am I primarily speaking? Is that how I find a place in, scripture, in, in the body? Or is it mostly serving? I speak like, like um, um, oh, who was the woman who went to India? Sister, no. Teresa. Mother Teresa. Yeah, Mother Teresa said, <coughs> uh, serve always, use words if you must. Right? I mean, so she spoke to Harvard, <laughs> had them all crying, but speaking was not her thing. But she, she had, you know, so, so anybody can speak in some things that anybody can serve, but you, the place you live comfortably, the, the place where, where the blessing comes, where the purposes of God are found in your life, would be some arc in this circle. Okay, now I'm going out on a limb there, okay, because, but everything I'm saying is scriptural put together. In other words, you can ask me anything and I'll say, well, here, here's how that scripture looks. And I've, I've been after this like 25 years to trying it out, tried it out with a bunch of college kids 25 years ago, Jen and, and, the, and her bunch, who's now head of Freedom Prayer. Um, so you can visit, but you live in one place. Another really interesting thing is that the motivations match. So for example, a prophet across the circle, the prophet sees something amiss and speaks into it, the giver sees something amiss and gives into it. But they both are looking for something that's missing, that's lacking, that's not quite right. And one resources and one speaks into it. Okay? Same way with the teacher and the server. They both see a practical thing that, that needs to happen. And the teacher says, I need to teach you about this. Okay? Now, we can have just philosophical teaching, but... In, in the scriptural side of things, the teaching tended to be practical about life and about understanding the depths of God and how you do that. And the server, in the same way, goes, there's a need. I, I can step into it and make it happen. The teacher speaks into it. The exhorter and the mercy both see a problem with joy and fulfillment. The mercy just goes and sits at the hospital. You don't want the exhorter sitting with you in the hospital. They're going to try to cheer you up. The mercy will just give you great joy by sitting there, the one who shows mercy. But they both have the same goal, and that is to bring joy where there isn't joy. And so they, they're with each other. Okay, so <clears throat> now is the time where we each get to take a stab at our charisma. So let me just give you the, the charisma one-liners. Okay, so leading is eliminate confusion, invest in vision. The teacher, eliminate ignorance and bring what's true, vital living truth. The prophet is about right and wrong, not true and false. I had a professor come up to me at Lipscomb this week and say, 
that was genius. He said, I'm using the eye. Yeah, you, that explained a whole bunch about another person here at this campus. You know, I'm like, okay, good. Don't, don't say I said anything about it. Exhorting, eliminate con personal confusion and bring purpose into people's lives. Mercy, pain versus joy, serving physical needs and get her done. Um, there might be someone named Rucker who has an amazing capability to just do this. When we were moving grandma out of her house, he showed up with a truck and a trailer and a kid and they just cleaned out the basement, drove it to the dump and we never saw him again. <laughs> it was just like, thank God for St. Saint, Saint you know, And giving, eliminate resources, needs and lack. Okay, so um, I'm gonna ask you three questions that are designed to help you zero in and then what I'd like you to do is just walk around and read the ones that you think are most you. And if someone else thinks it's most you, I've got a couple of questions just to chat with each other and, and you can leave whenever you want to leave, okay? I, I, I buzzed through this. 75% of this was, was review of stuff we've already talked about. So I buzzed through that kind of quick. Sir? Are there Than in yourself. Yes, absolutely. It, it is a really good question. In fact, I think God does that a lot. It's called prophecy. Okay, prophecy, we speak prophecy and we never have to say, Thus saith the Lord. We can say, You know something I love about you? I did that yesterday with, uh, or Monday night at Lipscomb with a, with a young lady. Um, and uh, I, you know, I said, gosh, it's like written on her forehead. Say, you know what I love about you? And I, I just shared a couple things and she went, really? And I said, yeah. And then like a, a guy who was another student who was there said, you think? I mean, all of us see that in you. And it was exactly that. She was like, oh, you know, it's just like, because you might think it about yourself, but it's hard to realize it because it's all you know, right? You, you, just, you just know you. And so prophecy is to speak to one another for edification, consolation, exhortation. Oike domo, building up the family house, paramuthio, uh, speaking sweetness, and parakaleo, to run alongside and call encouragement. And those three things are all about helping you find your gifting and your calling and, and get, get over things. They're all, they're all that purpose. It's not ever telling the future, not anymore. Not in the New Testament. We need it. We, we need to do it. Okay. Um, question one. Does speaking in front of a crowd make you feel uncomfortable? In other words, if I said to you, hey, the Nashville City Council has somebody speak uh, once a month at one of their meetings. The mayor's going to be there. It's going to be televised. The person canceled for Friday. I know it's Wednesday, but would you be willing to just speak for 30 minutes on something? Now, some of you in this room are going, H, no. <laughs> no, no way, no, not even close. And your best friend will say, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were you. But if your thing is speaking, you're smiling right now, but if your thing is speaking, you're nervous, but you would say, yeah. You could, you say, well, I could, I could do that. You know, yeah. I mean, I'd be scared. I mean, are you sure? But, you know, but, but you're, you're kind of leaning into it. Okay, so... It, so this is all about feeling now, not thinking. So if you're leaning into it, think in terms of 
speaking might be the focus of my gifting. I might be more in that arc where the speaking is. If so, and you had one chance to speak at church because Eric wasn't there and Josh wasn't there and no one else was there and they said, would you like to preach on a Sunday? Would you say something like, this is a great place and I've noticed something that, that we, could, we could move more strongly into this area and it would be, see, okay, that would be a prophet. A prophet looks at the, the woman in the wedding dress and, she, and they see the spot of gravy. Okay, that, that, that's, and they can't not see the spot of gravy. So that's what, so the prophet would look at something and they go, huh. And they'll find nice ways if they're a good prophet, not a bad one, not a cranky one, to, to say it. But, but they can see uh, something out of order in one part per billion. That, that's, that they're made to do that. That's part of God's gifting for them. Otherwise, it will grow and fester and become a, a real problem. And they, they can nip it in the bud. They can call it. Um, or <clears throat> would you say there's a scripture that uh, Romans chapter 8 is, is this amazing truth that's really changed my life. I've got to tell you about it. Would, would it be something more like that? Then your gifting is probably teaching because you love truth for the sake of truth. Um, or if you say, uh, I'm going to take my, my one Sunday and I'm going to bring up some people who work at this church that you wouldn't know necessarily. And I want to tell you about them. See, and we've done that. This church does that in amazing, wonderful ways. I want to tell you, and they're, they're just so nervous and they're up there and they're just blushing from head to toe. And yet that is the biggest day of their life up till that day because they're being seen and they never be seen because we see the speaking gifts people, but we never see the other ones. And so if you're an exhorter, then, then your sermon would be about lifting up things, calling people to, to greatness, recognizing greatness. Okay, so if, you're a, if you think speaking is your gift, gifting area, and there's lots of knucklehead factor space for mistakes here where you don't have to like, and if you're wrong, then you're going to go through the rest of your life messed up. No. If you never knew about any of this, you would still stumble into it because God's God and he, he loves you to know it. Okay. Um, if none of those three, <coughs> then if there is a waiter, <coughs> uh, a table of, of in a busy high end restaurant, a bunch of businessmen celebrating their year end success. Their drinks are late. It's a busy night. You're part of a five-person wait staff on this table. They're say, our drinks come? You know, it's like, you know, it's been 15 minutes, whatever it is. And finally, young waiter or waitress comes out with a big tray of, of fancy drinks and goes, ah, and spills all the drink. Now, just, just imagine this in your head. Don't think about it. The drinks go splash to the ground. There's glass, there's everything. The, the restaurant hushes, the table looks over, they have angry faces. You're standing there. <clears throat> what are you motivated instantly to do? Number one, if you're motivated to make sure the waiter who caused that problem is okay emotionally, they haven't fallen, they're, they're not cut. But if you're like, oh, they must feel so bad and you wanna go straight to them, your primary gifting, you should look in the, in the area of one who shows mercy. If you want to go <clears throat> straight back to, the, they need drinks. They paid for a drink. We need to comp these drinks. I'm going to go get, I'll go get the drinks, right? 
your primary gifting is giving because you see a lack and you have to fill that lack with something that you do. Um, if you go straight to the mess, it's a mess. We got to get, get push chairs. Sorry, sir, you're going to need to move. You see, then your primary gifting is probably in the serving area. Okay. So number one is, am I primarily speaking or primarily serving? Number two, is my motivation in speaking any one of these three things or is my motivation in serving these three things? Okay. And if all you want to do is just organize everybody to clean up the mess, then you're probably the one who leads. Okay. Okay. So I'm done. And so this is what we're going to do. <coughs> um, I want you just to walk around the room, go to the one you think might be most you. There's a real detailed description of it that's come from 15 different sources and I tried to filter them all out. Um, <coughs> and just kind of stay by the one you think is you, see if someone else comes up, and then just ask those questions, just to have that five minute discussion. What jumped out at you? <coughs> oh, me, you know, what jumped out at you? <coughs> what do you like about that gifting and what scares you just in your own life, okay? And is your gift um, an arc in one different direction or another different direction? In other words, might it be on one edge versus in the middle of it, okay? So uh, on your mark, get set, go, and you have until church starts, I guess, or until you want to leave. And I'll be up here to answer any questions, and I'll leave this up so you can look at the questions. Okay, sorry I went really quick, but needed to. <laughs>